us tonight. I'd like us to think just of these few verses, verse 12 through to 14 and slightly into 15. A model prayer meeting, that's what we have before us tonight. This is the first recorded prayer meeting in the New Testament, certainly one in which the Lord Jesus was not physically present, and we think of it as being the first prayer meeting. Therefore it becomes for us a model recorded here in these verses. Well, the Lord Jesus has appeared over 40 days, 10, maybe 11, possibly even 12 times, and he's given them, I love this term, verse 3, many infallible proofs. What a good word for personal witness. How do we know that Christ rose from the dead? Well, there's so many reasons, but he himself showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. We can have no doubt he is risen, he is alive, and these fearful men and women, they needed to know. And so the Lord showed them many times, many infallible proofs over 40 days it would have been the talk of the town thousands of people would have heard and so you can imagine Jerusalem a speaking town oh we've seen him and we've heard those who've seen him and so upwards of 500 on one occasion but just think of these disciples now they're in great danger they're naturally fearful. What will become of us? The Lord has promised that they will be given power and the Holy Spirit will be added to them. But naturally, they're fearful. Naturally, what shall we do? They're like us. They're just frail human beings. And so, the Lord Jesus has promised he will come and he will give them the power they need through the Holy Spirit. But now, verse 12, they return to Jerusalem. They've been on the Mount of Olives, Mount Olivet. The Lord is ascended up to heaven 40 days after the resurrection. There's going to be 10 days, 40 plus 10, 50, Pentecost. But what will happen in these 10 days? The Lord has prepared for them. The fearful have a hiding place. Then they returned unto Jerusalem. Verse 13. When they were come into an upper room, it's probably a different room. The Greek speaks of it being a second floor. We think where the Lord's table was instituted was a first floor room. So probably a different place. They come back and the eleven disciples are mentioned. Twelve less Judas. And there also, notably, Mary is mentioned, the mother of Jesus, now under John's care. His special care is instructed. It says as well, there was certain other women that were gathered there. Certain other women. You can imagine as well 
There are some of the 70 that went out, sent by the Lord Jesus, maybe Zacchaeus, maybe Nicodemus, maybe Joseph of Arimathea, maybe some of those 500 that he appeared to, and we know that there were 120, verse 15. It's as though they were counted. We need to know who's in our number, who's outside, who's in. There were 120 names that were mentioned. Maybe somebody took a register. We don't know, but 12 less 1 has become 120. Tenfold multiplication of those who identified and numbered with the Lord Jesus Christ. Some were there at the crucifixion, many not. Some of his own disciples were not there, many of the men. But now there's 120. There's a close bond between them. A bond that's much closer than the bond of death. There they're gathered together. You know the famous verse, Acts 2, 42. They continued steadfastly in four things. These are the marks of a church. They haven't changed. The apostles' doctrine, the breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. You can't really have prayer unless it's united. If you tried praying, husband with wife, there's something between you, parents and children, you can't pray unless it's united prayer. You can't have fellowship unless it's united fellowship. You can't have the breaking of bread unless we meet together as one. And you really can't have teaching in a church, if there isn't agreement, if people don't agree with the pastor, they don't like what he teaches, they will take no benefit from it. So the principle of the local church is unity. Come back to verse 14. Look at this first prayer meeting. They all continued. It seems as though it's all night, Maybe it's quite frequent through these ten days. Maybe they didn't go out. Maybe this was their hiding place. They used it as the retreat. Maybe the Lord had made it known that's where they should go. Some of the Lord Jesus' family are there, not just his mother. Verse 14, with his brethren. We know that James didn't believe while he was alive. But then when he saw the resurrected Christ, his half-brother, he believed. Now they're counted among the number. His brethren, two brothers, his mother, the women, with the women. Doesn't tell us which women. I imagine it's the same list mentioned in Luke 8. Joanna, Mary, Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and Mary the mother of the Lord Jesus, the three Marys. So we know at least 17 of the 120. What a prayer meeting. Men and women. 
I personally think men and women praying. The mother of the Lord Jesus, family and the brethren are non-family. There were the disciples, the apostles, and those counted among the 70, probably. What a prayer meeting. United prayer. Philip, rather Peter, verse 15, seems like there's a gap between 14 and 15 in our translation. Maybe it's the next meeting, I don't know. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. I think that's the broader definition of disciples and said, because it mentions in brackets the 120. Peter moved of the Holy Spirit. It seems he's appointed to be the leader and the one that will preach this amazing sermon, stirring them up, causing them to appoint a twelfth person amongst their number. Well, let me just list some of the features of this prayer meeting. The first prayer meeting, the first meeting of the church is a prayer meeting. That's significant. It's not the Lord's Supper, although you could argue the Lord was instituting it, but the gathered church representing all the believers, as far as we know, in the inner band, come together and it's a prayer meeting. I think that stresses to us the priority of prayer for the church. No other meeting is more important they say of Robert Murray McShane, he went away to Palestine. He went twice, I believe. It would have been when he was 26, 27. He died at 29. When he returned, after a mission to the Jews in the 19th century, he found there in Dundee an astonishing 39 weekly prayer meetings. Maybe that street, and that street, and that village, and then the women, and then the men. Saturday morning, Sunday morning, 39. No wonder when he got back, he wasn't there when revival broke out because they were a praying church. 39 prayer meetings. Sounds over the top, doesn't it, really? Such was the desire to pray. Well, secondly, there are those identified with the prayer meeting, the 120. I rather think this 120 was so closely knit, they met day after day. These all continued, not just one evening, but I think for the ten days. Interspersed with preaching from Peter. And it's a gathered meeting. You've got to come together if you can. I know we have some listening at home tonight. I'm sure they would be here if they could. If injury or age didn't prevent them. But they gathered in a room. Gathered together. Where they'd be safe. Because there would have been the fear of persecution already. We stress again, it was united prayer, one accord. They were in agreement. What did they pray for? They prayed that the Spirit would come. 
the power would come down and the 120 would become, well, it did. 3,000, 5,000, 12, 120, 8,000 more are added within days. Multiplication doesn't really work. Defies the laws of maths. And so this is united, audible, steadfast prayer. The term here for prayer and supplication is actually one word. It means persistent, persevering, and waiting prayer. All in one word. That's the sort of prayer they prayed. They persevered. That implies for ten days. They prayed and they kept praying. And they persevered. And this is prayer that waits on the Lord. doesn't demand. It waits. The Lord will be good to his time. The prophecy that will be fulfilled in ten days' time was given hundreds of years before. And so they're praying for a promise to be accomplished. United prayer. What's the source of their power for these ten days? Prayer. Fellowship. Apostles' doctrine. And I've got no doubt they would have met for the Lord's table. The four things that define a church that should be characteristic of every believer's life were true of them. Because it tells us in Acts 2, 42, what sweet times those would have been. Ten days of united, earnest, powerful prayer. Laying the foundation for the church. Well, we can learn from this, can't we? Surely there should be prayer meetings in our homes. Between couples. In families. It should be natural to pray. Everyone earnestly praying. Why does it mention so many of them? So we know that they were there and they were praying of one accord with the women and Mary. Oh, it's everybody represented. All the different jurisdictions of the early church gathered together, united in prayer, Peter stands up. He rallies them. He says, we've seen these things. And the scripture, verse 16, it must, must, needs be filled, fulfilled. The Holy Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit would have us to be 12 again. The 12 tribes, the 12 disciples, the 12 Apostles, and so they choose a man. It's not a lucky dip, don't think that. It's an answer to prayer, in case you're wondering. Verse 24, and they prayed. Of course they did. Everything was saturated in prayer. Lord, thou knowest the hearts of all men. Show us which of these two. The straws, they don't really mean anything. The Lord is revealing his will. We shouldn't replicate that model. We should replicate the prayer. And the Lord will make it abundantly clear. What a prayer meeting. An extended ten day prayer meeting. 
And the Lord poured down his blessing in a scale that perhaps the church, in terms of multiplication, has never known and maybe never will know because the Lord heard their prayer.